What's up everybody, Keith Mitchell from Spectator Mode here, and you're checking out a very special episode of the Spectator Mode podcast where myself and Chris King from Batty Staple Games talks about 30XX and a lot more. Hey Keith, how's it going? I'm good, I'm good. So the last time we talked, which was just uh, a couple weeks ago actually, we were talking about the development of 30XX and we had a couple of uh, issues that you ran through, but fixed them on a the fly, which is actually pretty cool. Since then, however, you made an announcement of a new mode for 30XX called the Mega Mode. Yeah, so Mega Mode is basically, it's a way to enjoy 30XX that removes permanent death uh, and removes levels shifting every time you die. Uh, so the big, the big shift there is that when you start a Mega Mode run, uh, all of the levels will be generated up front. Uh, assigned you know an easy a medium or a difficult so you'll know which level types uh, in this run are going to be the hard ones which level types will be the easy ones and let you sort of tackle them in any order and when you die you're going to come back to hq with the rest of your stage progress all intact so you can either choose to tackle that level again and if you do you're going to get the exact same stage same random seed same generation same everything or you can choose to tackle a different stage first uh, maybe get a little more power, try a stage that might be a little bit easier uh, before you come back to the one you died on. So it's a, it's like a lower stress way to sort of take on the game. Uh, it's wonderful for sort of first comers to the series, people who are just getting used to either the game or its mechanics. Uh, but it's also great for people who just don't like permanent death in their games. You know, there are tons of people that are that love seeing the visuals we put out with 30XX who love the idea of controlling the character and getting to getting to experience the the crispness and the game feel, but who just really don't like permanent death in their games. Uh, and we, this is a lesson we sort of learned from our time with uh, with 20XX and sort of talking with our 20XX community. Uh, this kind of feature was one of the most heavily requested things we had during development on 20XX. So we're super happy to bring it to the table this time. Yeah, that was actually my second question because I know when 20XX first came out, I talked to a lot of people about this. We had some people. We came to the website and actually saw some of our interviews and asked, was there some kind of a, a casual mode for the game? And I was like, nope, it's not. This is what you get. And that kind of put them off on the game. And a lot yeah, of them, we heard that story a lot. A lot of them were actually fans of Capcom's Mega Man and Mega Man X who wanted to have that same kind of experience. And they didn't find it in 20XX. And I think some of them were put off. So I was wondering if you were going to put something like that in 30XX. And there you go. It's here. Boom, here it is. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really important to us to be able to, you know, sort of satisfy what all kinds of different fans of the game and the genre are looking for. You know, 20XX does a, a wonderful job of, of satisfying that kind of action roguelike niche. Um, you know, we do we do a really a really fantastic job uh, for anybody who's into that kind of permadeath approach, uh, who likes that kind of really high stakes gameplay where you know you're going to spend something like 45 minutes to an hour on this run, uh, and you might you know end in glory when you finish it, uh, or you might die five or six stages in and go all the way back to the start and spend some meta currency and try again. You know that game loop really appeals to a lot of people, but uh, but it's not everybody, and we know that especially because our our, our inspiration because of the number of Mega Man and Mega Man X fans who look at us and say, wow, I want to play that. Uh, we know that we have, you know, more than some other roguelikes, perhaps. Uh, we have a lot of folks who are interested in our game that just don't really want permanent death in their games. And so here is our answer for them. And that's a good call. I th I'm, I'm pretty sure they're all going to appreciate that. I sure hope so. We're really looking forward <laughs> to getting fan feedback on it when it becomes available in early access. So I got to ask, where did the name come from? The name actually came uh, from my my friend uh, Zalavir, uh, who suggested it when we were talking about the the mode itself, uh, and it is a a wonderful fit uh, for the game that we're making, uh, and so it just sort of immediately snapped on. All right, 
Um, I'm going to switch gears for a second because it was something I wanted to ask you last time, but it, it was I didn't think it was appropriate. But I'm going to ask you now. In 20XX, we got two additional DLC characters. We got we got Hawk and we got uh, Drake. Are there right. any plans to do that in 30XX down the road? It's a really good question. Uh, so we, we think about this a lot. Uh, the short answer is, yes, we'd love to add different characters other than just Ace and Nina at some point down the road. Uh, they're not necessarily part of our 1.0 roadmap, but we, we really want to support the game for quite a long time after 1.0. Uh, you know, the us, us developing new characters at some point almost seems like a given you know we're just you know we're we're very conservative uh with the promises we make we want to make sure uh that before you know we're we've been burned one too many times as as players uh by by teams that make promises that they're not really able to keep or that they don't really intend to keep but maybe say just for marketing purposes um and so we're we're really conservative about promises there uh it is not you know it's not a hundred percent guarantee uh that we develop new characters but we really 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 want to uh and provided we're able to continue supporting the game after 1.0 you know provided it's doing pretty well financially it's almost a given that we do so but now when it comes to what goes into those new characters uh there's sort of an entirely new design process for them uh if, if we if they're hawk and draco so we can't really just port 20XX Hawk and Draco over to 30XX uh, because they don't quite make as much sense in, in 30XX's ecosystem, uh, if you will. So, you know, in 20XX, uh, Ace and Nina are very similar characters uh, in a lot of respects, right? They have different sets of primary weapons, you know, melee versus ranged, but they get the exact same boss technique. So by the time you get to the end of a run, the toolkit that's available to the two characters ends up feeling pretty similar, regardless of which one you're playing, uh, which means the distance we needed to jump to get from Ace and Nina to new DLC characters is relatively small. But in 30XX, Ace and Nina behave so differently with Nina's power fusion uh, and her buster mods and Ace's technique system where he has all of his techniques from bosses available at once on the controller and they're entirely different movesets. Because they're so different, uh, the distance that we have to cover to get to character three in character four also has to be pretty substantial. For us to justify making new characters, they have to play substantially differently that, you know, it's worth having a whole third character in there. Right. Uh, and so we very much want to do it. I very much intend to do it, but we know there's so much additional design work that needs to go in there. So for example, uh, Hawk's playstyle could make a lot of sense uh, in 30XX. Hawk could honestly transfer over relatively easily but then there's a question of well does hawk have access to nina's power fusion or does hawk have her own distinct powers and only those powers uh does she do something you know does she have a unique spin on nina's weapons like how does all that fit in for her um and with draco uh there's sort of the question of well we kind of took some of draco's systems and applied them to 30xx ace you know, his, his style bar is very close to Draco's auto charge mechanic and his sort of alternative modes for all his weapons. We basically took all the all the really cool parts of how that played and how it flowed together and sort of applied it to Ace, which means Draco would also need kind of an entirely new system to go along with uh, with his stuff to really feel satisfying. Um, you know, it's definitely it's definitely possible. I can see I can see how you'd get there. And if you're listening to this, feel free to suggest some ideas there. I could certainly see, you know, Draco has access to you know, all of Ace's weapons with the, all of his Unleashed Blade potential for everything. That would be kind of cool. Um, anyway, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. We'd love to do it, but we're we're not 100% positive we'll get there by 1.0. Hey, that was a great answer. I did not think it was actually that that much uh, involvement with bringing another DLC <laughs> character to the game. Thank so you. that's a lot of insight for people who aren't developers like myself. So 
the last time we talked, you were very positive about how the game was coming along. If there sure. was one thing, and not development wise, not game wise, anything that you would like to see uh, for 30XX, what would it be? Now, before you answer, I mean anything. Like a, a great example is we're seeing games now that transcend games, and they have um, like Funko Pops and models and plush toys. Is there something like that that you would love to see outside of the game for 30XX the future? So this is just to make sure I understand the domain of the question properly. Hmm? It's anything. It has to be fundamentally about 30XX, yes. but not actually about the 30XX like software itself, not the game yes. itself. Yes. Man, what I'd love to see. Um, Nina and A says DLC characters in Mega Man X9. How about that? <laughs> well, you know, the real dream there would be just getting to direct Mega Man X9. Uh, but I'd but I'd settle for for nods to us over there. Uh, that would be the coolest thing. You know, obviously merch is merch is cool. Um, I'd love to work pretty closely uh, and make some make some cool stuff uh, for our fans to enjoy. You know, I've always kind of seen just sort of digging into merch for a little bit. Uh, I've always kind of seen uh, merch less as a, I want to sell merch to make money and more of a I want someone else to make my merch and, you know, basically take the money involved with that in exchange for giving our fans, you know, cool, high quality stuff. Um, it's much more about like, I want something for people who really love the game to sort of dig further into instead of, oh, you know, how can I make money out of merch? Because I think that's always going to kind of pale in comparison to the, the selling of the game itself. Uh, but man, uh, seeing seeing our work in an official Mega Man product would be pretty darn rad. Well, I, I will say this. Um... Don't give up, even though we know how Capcom has been in the past, because there has been a certain project that happened over the last year, which was the combination of an old company giving their IP to a development company. It worked out great. That being Streets Rage 4. That is like... Yeah, they, they really story. knocked it out of the part. The, yes. the .emu team, they're really cool guys. Uh, I'm glad that Streets of Rage 4 has killed it for them. So, you know, something like that could totally happen. I <laughs> mean, don't count yeah, that no, out it, well, they really could. So, Streets Rates Four. It's also not the not the first major profile one, right? Uh, Sonic Mania was two years ago now. I yep. think two or three. Yep. Um, also and that was also, it. you know, did very very well. Like a super faithful title, really beautifully built. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never say never, uh, and I'll always kind of continue to shoot for the stars. There, uh, life is long. Hopefully, I'm going to be doing this for for a very long time. Uh, and there is no point in my life uh, where I would turn that opportunity down. I'm a collector of geek merchandise. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I would love to have them in my room. Yeah. Oh, that would be that would be cool. Don't get me wrong. How are you guys coping now? Are you still doing the same? Better? Yeah. Worse? You know, the team's, the team's hanging in there. We're all doing all right. Uh, you know, I think all of us, you know, we're fortunate enough to kind of have the, the timing flexibility uh, where we've sort of, you know, we've got the ability to take the time for the self-care we need, right? Uh, everybody on the team, uh, I hope, uh, I believe, you know, understands that sort of managing our own mental health really comes first at a time like this. And we're going to be, we're going to be as flexible uh, as we can possibly be with everybody to sort of give people the, the space they need to, you know, sort of manage their own, their own care uh, during, during a period like this. Obviously, COVID year is not super great for anybody. Uh, but overall, I think we're, I think we're doing really well. Um, just for me personally, so our team is very geographically uh, distributed. Uh, but for me personally, uh, I'm, I'm talking to you from just outside of Seattle, Washington, uh, which is currently sitting underneath a very thick blanket of smoke uh, that is also in my apartment uh, and awful. So oh, this man. particular week, uh, I could do a little better on, and boy, am I ever praying for it to rain. 
I can only imagine how you and everybody else up there are coping. You have my prayers. It is a bad situation all the way around. It's obvious. It's it kind of sucks, but like it is so much worse almost everywhere else in the area. You know, the uh, the fires are coming from eastern Washington and Oregon. If you're close to the fires, if the fires are, you know, threatening your home uh, or God, you know, God forbid, your family. Uh, obviously, all of those people have it so much worse uh, than we do. Uh, for us, you know, the lesson is just, oops, I really thought I owned an air purifier. Uh, and I guess I don't. So Amazon, please save me. Um, <laughs> we'll see when that gets here. You know, we're, we feel bad complaining about it because obviously the people much closer to the fire and like, just imagine, imagine the, the firefighters trying to contain yeah. all of these blazes. Like they have their work cut out for them. I've seen some of those and pictures. The end result is, uh, yeah, you've seen, I'm sure you've also seen, you know, some of the crazy stuff from like San Francisco last week where the sky was orange. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had, we had maybe an orange day and a half here. It's like, uh, it honestly, it just kind of looks like, uh, it looks like a really, really foggy day, except somebody left like flux or night shift on, you know, those apps that'll like drain all the blue out of your computer screen. So it's just very red looking. It's supposed to like help you fall asleep. It looks like that. That's what it looks like. A foggy day with night shift on. I remember somebody on Twitter saying, Hey, I took this picture. It's like eight o'clock at night and the, the sky is lit up. I, yeah. I, I yeah, can't yeah. even no, imagine it's... Yeah, I, I can't imagine being anywhere near the fires. Like, obviously, if you're anywhere near the fires or in harm's way, or if you're a firefighter, uh, you are the folks who have this the hardest. Uh, and so I feel a little bit bad, you know, complaining about this rotten smoke situation. Uh, but it's definitely, you know, it sort of gets in your lungs after a while. Uh, it's been, you know, the better part of a week or so now. Uh, and just don't quite have the, the proper filtration we ought to have in our apartment to, like, sort of really deal with it safely. Uh, but going outside is, like... You know, it gets in your eyes and sort of feels like burning when you inhale it in. It's not super great. Oh, boy. All right. That's switch gears again. Let's talk about something a little more positive. That's <laughs> depressing. I, I, I feel for you, man. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's If that's the worst thing that happens to me this year, then whatever. It hadn't been so bad. Last time we talked, we talked about the platforms that 3XX will be coming to. And I didn't actually ask the hard question. I, I did ask the hard question, Ooh. but you said possibly PlayStation 5, Xbox Series. I guess we can just say Series SX now because they're both confirmed now right. um, same library yeah yeah um we're still coming on current generation consoles though, right playstation 4 and xbox one as well or yeah so we haven't actually announced our our console partners just yet we haven't announced any of them uh, okay. so we don't know which ones we're targeting uh we're sort of having those conversations now figuring out uh which partner or partners uh will make the most sense for our initial 1.0 launch uh you know it's pretty likely that we hit most of the next and current generation consoles eventually uh, but it's sort of a matter of a matter of market demand and time, uh, so we don't really know what that looks like quite yet. Uh, hopefully, we'll have we'll have more to announce there, a little bit into our early access period. So early access will of course be Steam only, uh, and then sometime during that period, you know, we'll make the sort of final call on who our our big first console uh, partner is going to be, uh, or potentially partners, uh, and then we'll kind of go from there as as other platforms demand. Will 30XX also see a Epic Game Store? release in the future? Uh, we don't have any plans for that right now. You okay. know, we certainly don't have any plans to go like exclusive or anything like that. You know, the game might eventually be available on the Epic Game Store. Uh, I don't see any reason uh, why not to. All right. What do you think about the Xbox Series S? There's a lot of back and forth between people saying it's not enough. It is enough. I just think that that console is in a, in a weird place right now. And I'm not sure what Microsoft really thinks about that as far as, you know, right now the big thing is, and I'm doing air quotes, is 4k and i think a right. lot of people are left in that wake because not everybody has 4k tvs or wants 4k tv bingo uh i personally think the xbox one s is 
or Xbox Series S, pardon me, uh, is is genius. Uh, I think it's a fantastic move. Uh, this you know slightly lower hardware thing that is at a much lower price point, uh, especially positioned uh, right at the start of the 2020 holiday season. I think it is. I think it is absolutely genius. Uh, yeah, you know, if you're if you're super hardcore, uh, the small-ish SSD, where it's like a five twelve gig SSD mm-hmm. or something like that, yep. you know, that's not a tremendous amount. But most of us have pretty decent internet to the point where that's not a colossal problem. Like if you have solid, reliable broadband, that's that's not a huge issue. You know, you're not going to want to re-download a fifty gig game every you know couple of days or anything. But the number of fifty gig games you play are probably somewhat limited anyway. Um, the fact that there is this sort of lower lower spec system available at that price is going to make it a much easier sell uh, especially as folks look for gifts during the holiday 2020 season uh, it's such a wonderful entry point for people to be able to say yeah you need this thing if you want to play this game with me but you can get this one for only $300 instead of having to buy this you know much more expensive $500 unit or uh, or whatever the PS5 ends up costing i think it's i think it's really really sharp um I'm I'm a fan of the marketing play, and I'm a fan of the system too. Uh, you know, lowering that kind of barrier to console entry, uh, I think, just kind of benefits all of us. It you know, it's it's fantastic that uh, players have this other sort of uh, slightly cheaper way to sort of get in on that console generation. Uh, and as developers, we we have a wider reach uh, for stuff that'll be available on the console. You know, it does perhaps come with a couple of uh, technical questions for really you know sort of graphically intense games. Uh, but our game, 30XX, is built to basically play on anything. Uh, and so, you know, if you're wondering which system is the best for an eventual uh, S or X port uh, that we haven't announced yet, it's probably either one. Uh, so for us, it just looks like the platform will be more accessible to more folks. Uh, and that feels good. That is an incredibly well thought out answer. Thank you very much. I, again, it's that console just has, I, it just, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a bad console. I think, like you said, it's a great idea. But the problem is the internet is not looking at the big picture and they're only looking at, hey, this is the best because it can do this, this, and this. But again, not everybody needs that power. So Right. And when you talk about 4K specifically, I think I think a tremendous number of so like avid, you know, technologists, avid gamers, people who are paying close attention often. You know, the people who are waiting for the new console reveal to sort of see what the scoop is. Those people, some of those people care about 4K. Uh, I personally, and I consider myself pretty avid when it comes to this sort of thing, uh, I don't give a honk about 4K. Uh, that doesn't matter to me even a little bit right now. Uh, and I imagine there are a lot of people in my boat uh, and people you know, that are sort of less in tune with the industry than me who just don't care about 4K yet. You know, it, it might come down the pipe and kind of become ubiquitous sometime over the next five to ten years, but it's definitely not there now. Uh, and so for the people saying, what, it can't do 4K? It's a garbage system. Like a lot of people just don't yeah. care about that at all. Um, yeah. And if they do, the Xbox One X's or Series X uh, is right there waiting for them. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that. Again, I I I like 4K. I won't lie and say I don't for my PCs. But at the same time, I am all for having a great 1080p or 1440p experience with 60 frames per second locked and all the bells and whistles. I I really think that frame rate trumps everything. I wish yep, the mentality was Me there, but it just is not. It needs to yeah, be. you know, there's there's a huge marketing angle behind. There's there are a ton of sort of vested interests in in trying to make sure that forte or four K technology succeeds, right? Uh, whether or not it is, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of how to sort of eloquently word this and failing. There are going to be a large a large subset of people who 
don't see 4K as the most important thing that are kind of in your shoes. Even if they appreciate 4K, frame rate really trumps. Right. Uh, and when you're actually in front of the TV or in front of your computer, actually having the experience, you know, the crispness of inputs, the smoothness of the game, at least for me, is always going to be the thing that matters. But from a, from a pure marketing perspective, there are going to be so many people push, uh, pushing 4K uh, that some number of people is going to, or some number of people are going to sort of latch onto that and have it be their requirement. And, you know, for those people, lucky them. There is the Xbox Series X. It's right there. You can buy that one instead. All right. Well, last question for you. Do you like arcade racing games? Do I like arcade racing games? Uh, I mean, it's been a long, long time since I've played one. Uh, I find them fun, but not something I've spent a ton of time on. Why do you ask? I think you need to check out the game that was recently released, uh, Hot Shot Racing. It's Hot like, Shot Racing. It's okay. like VR Racing, Outrun, Daytona USA, and Ridge Racer all rolled in one. Man, right on. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, cool. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. All right, well, I think this interview was done. Is, is there anything you want to say out there to your fans, Chris, before we go? If you want to hear more stuff about 30XX, the best ways for you to do it are to follow us on Twitter at BatteryStaple underscore G. Yes, that's BatteryStaple underscore G because I am crap at social media. Uh, join into our Discord community at uh, discord.gg slash 20XX uh, to get all the latest updates and news uh, as we approach our closed alpha later this year uh, leading up to early access, hopefully sometime next next year so if you want to get in on all that those are the best ways to follow us uh, of course check out the game on steam uh, look for 30xx on steam and throw us a wish list uh, helps out a lot and make sure that uh, you'll have all of the latest info when we uh, get a little closer to early access there and thank you so much for for listening for having me if you're listening to this out there for for wanting to hear more about sort of what's been going on with 30xx lately uh means a lot to us so uh so thanks all right chris always a pleasure sir thanks for taking the time to talk to me yeah, of course. Likewise. Anytime. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Spectator Mode podcast. And as always, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, Buzzsprout, and now on Amazon Music. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on any of your favorite podcasting services.